Hey Danny, how you doing, man? What's the twin planet of Raxacoracophalopatorius? Clum. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that's a nice bit of uh, world building, dressed up as um, as a as a as a I was going to say a clumsy joke. It's not yeah. a clumsy joke. It's just a poorly executed joke. It's a, yeah. it's a cheap joke. <laughs> and it comes at the end of the episode. Um, yes. When do the Doctor and Rose show up in this episode of Doctor Who? Oh, ten minutes before the end. Oh, fucking perfect. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, we we need to find out a bit more about this monster. Um. So let's have him <laughs> say his planet's name once. <laughs> Rather oh, than... <laughs> He just stops time, and he's going to kill this guy, but then the Doctor shows up and he starts speaking about his planet and all that, and allows Rose the the freedom to go, is it just me? Is he a bit Slovene? (laughs) He just lets that happen. It's like, it's sort of racist, that. (laughs) Yeah, because Slovene isn't a race. No, it's a family, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit Slovene looking, ain't ain't he? And then, it's a bit of a weird one. In latter seasons, uh, Rose joins uh, UKIP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. Um, yeah. If, you can't, if you haven't guessed from that stunning description of UKIP, we're talking about... <laughs> what are we talking about today, Dan? Uh, we are talking about uh, Doctor Who, Season 2, Episode 11, but Episode 10 to the noobs. Um, and this, <laughs> and this episode is called Loving Monsters, which is... a uh, a title, isn't it? Um, it's, I mean, I get what they're going for. I think they, um, I think they took the adage, um, "Shoot for the moon, even if you'll miss, you'll land among the stars." I think they maybe took that a bit too much to heart and yeah. forgot to actually try hard, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite a strange one. Um, okay, we've got an opening statement. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh no, we need to do credits, don't we? Yeah, it was uh, written by Russell T. Davis. Jesus Christ. And directed <laughs> by Dan Zeff, and it is starring Mark Warren, David Tennant, Billy Piper, Camille Kaduri, and Peter Kay, and a few other people. Indeed it was, yeah. Um, okay, now do you have an opening statement? I do, I do. Um, a um, experimental episode <laughs> that could maybe be seen as a meditation on how regular people react to meeting a being like the Doctor. But it's just so shit. Yes. Uh, what a fucking mess. That's my, my opening statement. Um, the thing that, that that does frustrate me about this episode is I, I sort of quite enjoyed it up until Peter Kay turned up. When they're sort of laying the laying the sort of groundwork for a sort of boots on the ground, urban sort of um, sort of sci-fi horror story type thing. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's good. That That's something I can, I can enjoy. That's the kind of thing I'd really like. And then... Peter K turns up and it just gets a bit more ridiculous by every passing second. It's like, oh well, eh. <laughs> it just feels like a lot of the a lot of the decisions were a bit lacking in a funny way. Plus, right, we're gonna jump straight to the to the sort of the meat of my my hatred for this episode. Right. At the end, um, Elton <laughs> just goes, oh yeah, by the way, I fuck this paving slab. That's yeah. the nature of my re- like. Sorry, what? Number one, what? Number two. What? It's just... Um, it's oh, so it's strange. Weird. It's so fucking weird that that, it had, really to, is. that had to be that had to be put in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we had to know that. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I was wondering it. 
And, uh, you know, I was thinking it, and you fucking said it. Uh, <laughs> I, um, the thing is, I, I, I get that. But, like, I hadn't seen this episode uh, since it first aired in 2006. Mm. I think I watched it when I was six, and then I, I, I thought, well, that was a bit weird. And then I hadn't watched it again since. Even when I, I rewatched Doctor Who about six, no, about a year ago now, um, I, I deliberately skipped out on this episode because I know it's sort of one that's generally considered to be the worst of the entire seasons. Yeah. Um, and now I rewatched it, and so in that first sort of the first act, I was like, "Oh God, have I like? Is this actually an okay episode?" And everybody just hates it because it's not quite the same as the others. Um, and then like that, the PTK turned up, and I was like, "Oh, oh okay, no, it is. It is kind of a crap episode." The thing is, it's weird because PTK. I like his stand-up. It's good. And it is... There's lots of interesting things going on. On, like, the screen and in the actors' performances. But yep. none of them quite stick. It's quite strange. No, I mean, I just... I just... I don't know what they were thinking with Peter Kay. I love Peter, I love Peter Kay, like you're saying about mm. his stand-up. I think he's a very funny individual. And he's very, he's very talented. But why he was in this episode... Was was just fucking baffling to me. Like, what, 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 we we need a we need a oh we need a new villain. Who are we gonna get? That comedian from Bolton. It's like what? No. Yeah. <laughs> I've um. I have a few sort of weird questions. He okay. made a rudimentary pulley system for his boot before seeing the Sycorax ship. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that yeah, that, yeah, that ship yeah. entered the atmosphere pretty. But he was too busy with his fucking weird fucking Willy Wonka, yeah, cl- his cl- Rube Goldberg machine to get his shoes up. Exactly. I, um, I mean, the thing about pulley systems is that the pulley has to be above both you and the thing that you're trying to move. Yeah. So did he have screws? Did he have pulleys already screwed into the ceiling, mm-hmm. and he just repurposed the ropes? How did it? How did that work? I mean, that's fine, but look, just think about it. Russell T. Davies sat down and wrote that. <clears throat> look, what what mm. was he trying to do? What was he? <laughs> ah, a bit of comedy here. Um, I had a rudimentary <laughs> pulley system for my boot <laughs> before I even saw the fucking spaceship. Um, mm. I just, mm. I, I, I don't know. Um, I do like the format of like it sort of being like, Half a video diary and half like a yeah, reality. Yeah, I agree. I thought that I'm a big was fan quite of, nice. Um, yeah, I really agree. I'm a big fan of like um, books that are written um, as like letters or diary entries. Mm. Like um, obviously Dracula is is the standout example. Yeah, and lots of other ones too. Like um, there's a uh, I can't remember whether it's a prologue or an epilogue or a a secret half sequel or whatever it is to Salem's Lot, the big book um, called Jerusalem's Lot. Um, and it's like set in colonial times, um, and it's like it it takes place as, as letters that the protagonist is writing to his friend back in England. Yep. And he's saying like, um, "Oh, there's a bloody spooky wood over there, ah, bloody hell!" Um, and so, I, I am a big fan of that sort of what's the word, the the format. And of course, the other one is is World War Z, the book. Which yeah. takes place as like a series of interviews, but it's like so effortlessly, seamlessly done, and it just all stitches together beautifully well. It's really good. Yeah, when it's done right, it's done right. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
this could have been like really interesting as an episode. Like, there's like precedent of an idea of like there being like an elite yeah. team of like investigators <laughs> about the doctor. Mm, like, exactly. Which, I, I just think they missed a lot of stuff that they could do. Like, why was the absorbal off the the villain and not like the elemental shade that killed his mum? Yeah, that yeah, can have been completely. a good sort of character arc, you know, sort of completion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Um, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's um the only or even the thing... beast at the beginning, rather than Peter K. <laughs> what I'm saying yeah. is, anyone but Peter K. <laughs> the episode was very overpopulated in a very funny way, wasn't it? It was um hard to define, but yeah, overpopulated is the word I'd use. Yeah. Um, I was watching this with Chloe. Chloe brought up a very interesting point. Um. If Elton has, um, if Elton or Linda or whoever, they've in total they've had six encounters with the Doctor. What are the chances of all six encounters all being David Tennant? I know obviously that this episode was filmed during David Tennant's era, but what are the chances of that? Because like, that's a good point. It could have been any of the Doctors, but then this is this is <laughs> something I've explained away with my own little sort of head canon is that. I think that each doctor keeps a track of what is the modern day for them, essentially. And so stays like, out of the other person's way. Yeah, I think that's that's the only way you could possibly do it if you were a time traveller. Like, I think that, um, like, um, yeah, basically. But <laughs> uh, when, when also... did Jodie Whittaker join? Like, 2018 to 2021, and she'd, and, and, and so the 13th Doctor would say, okay, well, those are, that's my modern day Sheffield, I suppose. <laughs> that's when I'll go back and forth. Uh, and then when it's not when it's not my turn the next person will go 2022 to 2025 or whatever yeah but we also know that the doctor doesn't know uh their age so like how mm. would how would he be able to let track that's that a good down? point actually yeah um mm. maybe the tardis is doing it then like <laughs> unbeknownst <laughs> to the doctor i mean it, 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 when you get into it you can really just explain it all the way with oh, yeah, of one of two ex machinas one being the TARDIS, one being the sonic screwdriver. Sorry, the the magic wand. <laughs> you can explain the, the, it away very easily. The door opener, has... <laughs> but mm. apart from wood, but then it does work on wood sometimes because the writers mm. forget their own canon. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the timing yeah, of the video um, series seems a bit strange. I like, honestly don't remember. Well, like there's there's him talking about. Oh, things changed. Like, is it, he's talking in like, the past tense. Mm. And then it cuts to him looking at his house, going, oh, I don't know what happened. And it's Ursula that's holding it. So did yeah. that happen before? Because we, <laughs> we know by the end of the episode that she can't hold anything. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Not even a blowjob joke. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, I had to say it, Look, Listen, Russell no, no, T Davies know, put that in my head, right? He thinks he's... <laughs> I'm just, just going to treat it as fun innuendo and let it... No, definitely not. Um, definitely, so that... It's a terrible idea and I'm going to treat it as such. <laughs> I'm going to complain at great length about this stupid fucking joke. Yeah, over a decade old. <laughs> <laughs> um, the computer literally blew up. When um, yeah. when Elton said the internet went into meltdown and then his computer literally blow up. Does he not like? Does he not understand the internet? Do, is that what he thinks? He thinks the internet is just his computer. So he's like, oh, it's on fire! <laughs> What's happening? 
you see, I don't know whether that's like a sort of metaphorical sort of in his head sort of thing. Maybe, like, maybe. But then there's no other points like that. So that's <laughs> yeah. kind of just lazy. Um, mm, mm. I do like how it traces back to like, everything that we've seen and it's like a genuine sort of yeah, yeah. humanly perspective on, on things that happened. But it's it's... It's not any different from what you would expect. Oh my god, there's aliens. This window yeah. shop dummy. Like they could have had an interesting perspective <laughs> yeah, on it, yeah. but Imagine if it had worked in a shop dummy factory. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would have been. I think no. there's a better way to tackle it, but but yeah. Um you are right about this being a cool concept. Um especially now in the age of vloggers. Um yeah. I think it's it's the kind of thing that could work really well if, if you had, like... Uh, it could have worked really well as an interesting, cool concept, and it could have even been a spin-off series, but I just think it they they just bugged it up at every potential step. It was just really quite strange. Yeah. Um, I don't... I just don't know how they did it. Because there's lots of good stuff going on. Like, even smaller things, like how um, when they absorb a lot is is pretending to be like an upstanding member of high society. He's got like a southern accent, yeah. and then when when he's trying to be sort of, well, when he's not trying to be anything, he has a northern accent, and it's like okay, well, it's just something else to to differentiate the Absorbaloff and um and and Peter K in a suit. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's something small, but it's something, and there's lots of little things like that in the episode, and I just I I, I find myself looking at the episode incapable of seeing where they all fell apart. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think on paper, the story is pretty interesting. Yeah. L- like, because it's a group of, of sort of traumatised people who come together because they've seen this sort of thing connecting their pain. And then mm, eventually mm. they just, it just becomes a club that they enjoy. Mm. And this horrible sort of serpent just appears and just completely puts himself at the top of the group and then slowly begins killing them off one by one. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an interesting story on its own. But it's like, you get a wee montage about, about the characters and all that. Yeah, and I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I liked them. Mm. Um, they start, you know, they start making dinner and then they start doing music and it's really just like, just a lovely little group that they all have where they can all mm. come together and just express themselves in the way that they were. And then Peter K somehow has control of the lights <laughs> by his voice. Uh, and yep. lights! So there's some dick in the back going, that's me. And just <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be quite funny if Peter K had like a sleeper agent who's just in there exclusively to, for the to control the lights. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, it's it's interesting like that. But it's mm, just it's mm. it's poorly edited. Um, the acting isn't very good for a few of the characters. Yeah, um, I think Elton is severely like one note. I don't. I didn't. I didn't give a fuck what happened to him. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I was struggling to care with that one. Um, mm, mm. But um, yeah, it, it's it's not a great episode. No. Um, it's um I'd forgotten I I didn't realize quite how creepy Elton was until I watched this episode um because it's just mega mega creepy how he's sort of he initiated a relationship with Jackie yeah it 
it's just in order to get to the doctor but also it's like it's just creepy and grotesque and weird and it's horrid yeah there's no like sort of indication that he's willing to do things that other people won't to get to the doctor look yeah i mean exactly. that could have been interesting but instead he's just a f- creepy yeah man who pretends to like, fix things and there's like i'm gonna get a bo- bottle of sh- bottle of red wine i'm gonna get a takeaway and I'm going to leave that picture of your daughter mm. in my jacket. So you can... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think if he'd been going over... I know this is... It's it's it, it's a step the story has to take for, for yeah. Jackie to somehow realise that Elton's a, a weirdo. But um, you'd think that if he'd been going over consistently for quite a long time, then he would start leaving the picture of Rose at home. Yeah, <laughs> why? Why is he? Oh, I just don't get it. It's weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. And Casey, is it? Is it? Isn't Casey forgets what she looks like? Um, yeah. Plus, wouldn't that old lady maybe tell Jackie? She'd go yeah. to Jackie and be like, "Oh yeah, oh did the, did that did that man find you in the end?" And she'd go, "What?" And say, "Oh that man, he was he was a skinny bloke with blonde hair, and he had this picture of Rose." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's like they portray it as like, oh, it's a tight knit community, so of course you're just gonna find who you're looking for, but then like, mm. it's never treated as such, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It's very... It's quite odd. Um, I do like Jackie. Jackie is a good character. She is and a good I, character. I, it frustrates me that she's treated so poorly throughout yeah, the show. she's treated as, as a sort of randy housewife mm. who will objectify anyone she sees <laughs> and pour wine on them. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, it's not really characterization, and I do no. like the fact her Rose pretends that she actually gives a fuck. Like, you upset my mum as I travel months at a time without saying anything to anyone. It's like, mm, come mm. on, Rose, get off, get off your high horse, pal. <laughs> do you know? Yeah, what, I know what you mean. The sort of influx of episodes has made me forget how much I hate Rose. Um. As a, as a character, but I've been yeah gracefully reminded at the end of this episode. So cheers, Russell. Cheers for that. Mm, no, it's um yeah, I I don't like Rose either. Um, the office is a bit ridiculous. Um, when they're in that basement, the thing that made it quite sort of endearing in a funny way, um, was that it was it looked a bit shabby and shit. Yeah, like you sort of got the vibe of like, oh okay, one of them knows the guy that works in an office upstairs and he says oh can we have the room for a couple of hours on on tuesday nights do you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's quite an endearing because you that's a bit of world building you can do for yourself and i think if you're you're putting in that bit of effort to tell the story to yourself what's the word it, it, it sort of becomes more believable almost in yeah. a funny way um but then peter k brings in bookshelves filled yeah. with plasma globes and skulls <laughs> that's just bizarre yeah, that's, that's sciencey that's um for mm. science is, is plasma globes. You need one skulls. of those for science. You need a you need a what's it a Faraday generator for science. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, he's and he's got his own desk sitting at the t- and so they he's probably made them like, like hump all them in as well, which is which makes <laughs> mm. it even worse. Um, yeah, or I don't know if it's worse if he's made if he, if he has made the members of Linda bring them all in. And and said, okay, put mine at the front, pointing towards you, and put yours all in rows back here. And they've gone, yeah, all right, that's fine. 
<laughs> or if he's dealt with all the desks on his own. Yeah. And then and sat this is at more one efficient. Yeah. Yeah, this is very efficient. This is perfect. And nobody's gone, hang on, what? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Um there's 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 some great stuff that they could have explored, but they just didn't. Mm. Mm. And it's a shame. And I think it's it's it makes it worse that Russell T. Davies wrote this episode because he's written some of the best episodes in the show's yeah. history. Yeah. You know? I just It's oh. um I think they were sort of what's the word? Sort of kneecapped, I suppose, in a strange way. Are you aware of how the Absorbaloff came to be? Yeah, by it was uh it was created by another content creator called Channel Pup. I was not aware of this story. I thought it was a Blue Peter competition. It was, but the person yes. the, the nine year old that that made the um drawing is now a YouTuber called Channel Pup and created a video ah. explaining their defence of uh, the episode and why they like the episode. Um, okay. Um, uh, have you seen g- the video? What, I have. What, what, what points do they make? Well, they 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 said what I said that um, that it's a good episode. Like it 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 has interesting sort of uh, sort of plot on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't then go to say that the execution wasn't very good because I think <laughs> I mean if if you've made a monster for a Doctor Who episode, you're going to defend the episode, aren't you? Mm, mm. Do you know I mean. The episode that I'm in in later seasons is is pretty mediocre, but I'm going to say it's brilliant, no matter who. <laughs> it's the best episode. Of... <laughs> but um, mm. he did no, say an I, interesting yeah. thing that mm-hmm. uh, he thought that a better title for the the episode would have been uh, the Forever Man. Oh, which that I think would be quite a good title. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that's much better than Love and Monsters, but um, because that sort of implies like why the Absorbaloff absorbs. Because that's never actually stated. Um, it's something that um, I've got a note written down here. There's um, the only reason I wrote this is because there's an episode of Star Trek: Next Generation called "The Game," where um, they, they um, I can't remember now. I think Riker goes to Riser, which is this like holiday destination planet type thing. Mm-hmm. And he gets this pair of glasses, which enables him to play this game. And it's like a really simple game, like put the ball in the hoop, basically. Yeah. Um, but the glasses are like linked to your brain in such a way that it triggers a rush of endorphins. So you oh. you you put the ball in the hoop. It's a very strange episode, but like <laughs> you can sort of tell it's a very laboured metaphor for addiction because by the end, everybody's sort of holding Wesley Crusher down and like yeah. trying to put these force these glasses onto his face and saying, "Play the game, Wesley. Play the game." Um, so it's quite odd. And now I'm I'm watching this episode thinking, is this a very laboured metaphor for addiction? Could it be that this that perhaps the, the, the characters in Linda, like, oh, they were having a great time together, they were really good friends, and then a destructive influence came in. One touch, and it's got them forever. And, and do you know what I mean? Could it be a very laboured metaphor? Yeah, like they were sort of side-roaded from actually getting over the trauma that they experienced by like, the mm. embodiment of like sort of you know greed and impulsivity like the fact that mm. the absorbaloff just as a character just cannot help but killing as soon as he gets there like, yeah like, and, and then comes up with half-baked excuses like oh didn't she tell you she's getting married oh god it'll never <laughs> last stupid girl <laughs> mm, mm. 
But um, no, the Forever Man is also in like, reference to the Doctor as well. Oh yeah, and yeah. like how ordinary and regular people uh, react to being like that. Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't, I don't get the ordinary regular thing you did then. What, Be- because the... because the Doctor's just like. Not so much with like, um, Russell T Davies, more so with Moffat, but like he's mm. like, the most important thing in the universe. He oh, can, yeah. <laughs> the armies run away if you say his name, rather than, oh, good, we've got injured. Um, like, <laughs> mm. The doctor's here. Thank fuck, my, my leg is killing me. No, the doctor. I know my leg is fucking killing me. Going to get a fucking bandage or something? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> fucking tell him to bring some bandages. I'm bleeding out. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I think if you should go watch uh, the video because he makes an interesting yeah, will case. Do. And um, he also says, regardless of what you think of the episode, what you shouldn't be doing it in 2005? Six? 2006? Oh, I don't know. But, yeah. What, what you shouldn't be doing if you don't like a particular sort of episode, you shouldn't be harassing a nine-year-old child for winning <laughs> yes. a competition. Yeah, um, yeah, know. obviously not. Mm. No, it's um, it it is not at all the nine-year-old child's fault. No, it's um, I remember watching the episode of Blue Peter when it when it was on TV because like I was a six-year-old child that loved Doctor Who, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, oh, I wonder what what monster I'd design. I remember thinking, oh, cool, it's like kind of green and interesting and weird. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the episode as a six-year-old child and thought, oh, yeah, that's kind of weird and interesting and cool, I guess. Yeah. And I didn't think much of it. Um, yeah, now I, I look back and the episode isn't great. But the only other time I can think of where um, they had a competition winner design a piece of Doctor Who stuff was oh, what, the Doctor's Wife. Um, when they built that TARDIS out of scrap in, in the sort of scrapyard, mm. um, that console design was was based around um a, a drawing i think from a child that won a competition um oh really th- this is very poorly half remembered so so take this with a with a fistful of salt but yep. yeah I, I believe so i think the child drew the the sort of console and pointed out like oh this bit's actually just a shower head and this bit's this and this bit's this uh, it's a bit shabby it's a bit cobbled together last minute sort of thing and then i oh. think they saw that and came up with the idea for the episode and sort of went from there which I think kind of works, but this feels like Russell T. Davis had a half-written episode, and then he, then they told him, "Oh, you've got um, Peter K. You've got you, you've got the absorbable off that you've got to try and work into this episode." And he went, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I had to try and put that together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting sort of way of of looking at it. Um, but yeah, uh, well, thank you, Channel Pop, for your contribution yeah, to the thank you. to the series. Um, you know. Mm. Uh, we we wouldn't be making this video without you, so cheers. Indeed, right you are. Um, I, I think, think I'm nearly out of notes. The only last one I have is the tunnel that Elton comes out of when he's clutching a pizza in, let's be honest, the strangest way I've ever seen a human being hold a pizza. <laughs> yeah. is, um, that's the exact tunnel that Martha and the Doctor and Jack come out of. So it is, Later that's on, right. When, they, when, when Martha's on the phone to John Sim. How weird's that? That is, I mean... I mean, London is a big city. You think there's more than one tunnel? Is that London they're filming in? Oh no, of course, because they filmed in Cardiff, didn't they? Yeah. Or well, maybe it's in Cardiff then, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
but yeah. Um, do you have a closing statement? Um, I do have a closing statement. Um, an episode that does a lot of good things, but somehow doesn't quite glue them all together very well. And the result is sort of a, a poorly glued together mess. Um, <laughs> it yeah. could have been something great, and it wasn't, and that's a shame. Definitely. Um, I don't like this episode uh, for the reasons I've said, um, but, you know, they can't all be gems, so yeah. let's just keep it's... experimenting and see what happens. You're right. It's um, it's it's when you look at, like, uh, it's less so seen with, with UK television and more seen with US television, just, just because of the way it's produced. But, like, um, even with things like Next Generation, they're making 23 episodes a season for eight yeah. years. Not all of them are going to be gems. Do you know what I mean? No, definitely not. But there you go. Mm, that indeed. was Love and Monsters, Doctor Who. Should it we do was. a cheeky bit of shilling? Oh, aye. Let's do a cheeky bit of shilling. Okay, here we go. Um, We, we have link trees. Uh, and uh, Lewis's link tree is uh, linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Uh, my link tree is linktr.ee slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is linktr.ee slash shouting into the void. Done it. Nice yes. one. Very impressed. Yes. Uh, we also uh, we also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly um, appreciated. Uh, mm. we, we also have Patreon, and we would want to take the time to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons who keep the yeah. lights on here at Void Towers. Um, Void Towers. <laughs> uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Sophie. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Doogie. Thank you, one and all. You make the episode possible. Uh, you keep the lights on at Void Towers as we are. Somehow we've become very fond of saying that, that and it's, you know, a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> but... But you do keep the lights on and you do help us pay the bills. So thank you very, very much, one and all. It means a lot to know that we've got your support. Absolutely. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. So go over there, check it out, see what you like, see what you're doing, and uh, treat yourself, eh? Yeah, treat yourself. And yes. we will absorb a loft of your cash. Oh. And that was laboured. <coughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was that was, that was was not good. Yes. Um, but we have two fantastic ads to run and it's my it's my turn this my turn oh. to edit this week so uh here is the <laughs> so, first sorry the way you said that it was um but mum said it was my turn with the adverts <laughs> it was my turn with the shilling this week lewis um <laughs> but you will hear the first one no do you know what my favorite part of recording the podcast is danny is it talking to me about movies and stuff? No, definitely not. <laughs> My favourite part is making and drinking a beautiful cup of coffee to keep me focused and centred while we record. I really like using coffee from my favourite roastery, Café Hormozzi. I've heard very good things about them. Aren't they a small, family-run roastery in Kent that roasts, grinds and sells excellent coffee? So good, in fact, that they guarantee not to ship anything they wouldn't drink themselves? They are indeed. They have a 100% customer satisfaction rate, and it's easy to see why. I'm currently drinking a mug of their house blend, and it's delicious, it's rich, it's nutty, and it's earthy, just how you'd want it to be. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have to go to hormozy.co.uk, that's hormozy, and pick up a bag with 5% off using our Shouting Into The Void discount code. 
SITV5. That sounds like a great shout. I'd personally recommend their Vietnam White Dragon Origin coffee. It's delicious, and just like all of their coffee, it's great value too. Great! Now can we go talk about movies? No, this cup of coffee is far too good. That is just, I mean, fantastic. Blimey, that is amazing. I don't know if that was the coffee one or not, but I did take a sip of coffee while... While while you were in the lead up to that, so that's a very exciting time for me. Well, if you thought that one was good, wait until you hear this one right now. Danny, I've got some amazing news. Oh, really? What? I'm going to make you a hat. Thanks, but, but why? Well, because Right Side Yarns, who sell beautiful and unique wool, have recently released a new range. Oh, I've heard of them. Aren't they that fantastic Scottish business that sells high-quality hand-dyed products perfect for crafting with? They certainly are, and they're sponsoring the show. Really? Have they heard the show? Yes, and apparently they like it. Kezia, the owner of the business, has given us a generous 15% off code for any of our listeners to use. Is, Is that why you've got Void15 written in your hand? It is! If you or any of our listeners would like to use the code, simply enter VOID15 at checkout with a capital V. Great! Where do I check out? You can go to their website at rightsideyarns.co.uk or check them out on Instagram at kezia underscore rightsideyarns. Fantastic! This hat you're making me better be good. It just keeps getting better. It just, they just keeps they, getting yeah, better. You're a roller coaster that only goes up. That's the, that's the metaphor that comes to mind. True. True. <laughs> um, and last but not least, we are partnered with... Yet another amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed. Uh, Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife, in which she crochets. And she's really, really good at it. She's actually just started a new project. Um, she's crocheting using some of the yarn from the our wonderful sponsor, actually, Right Side Yarns. I didn't actually even plan this. How, how fortuitous is that? That is pretty um, cool. Exactly. Um, yeah, she's just started a new project. I'm sure she'll be putting some updates on the Instagram uh, in no time at all. That's not the right phrasing. Soon. She'll be doing that soon. Soon. Uh, so you can go and check that out at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram. It is just those words and letters. There's no numbers, no punctuation. Uh, go and take a cheeky look. Absolutely. Um, well, that's uh, that's the end of this episode and it's I, the end of this episode i believe uh fear her is next uh yes it is an episode where if i remember rightly david tennant sticks his finger into a jar of jam and then eats a load of jam off his finger yeah oh the doctor doesn't know how to behave oh um but anyway uh, we we shall hear you see you smell you says like chicken and uh, absorb you next week Indeed we will. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.